Welcome to this podcast from Wilkesboro Baptist Church, where we are on a mission to lead our neighbors and the nations to follow Jesus. I'm going to start off the sermon with a question. Are you ready? So I want you to think about this. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the absolute greatest and 1 being the worst, how would you rate your fulfillment in life? Think about that. Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the absolute greatest, 1 being as bad as it could be, how would you rate your fulfillment in life? Now, if you get that number in your head, if you got it, then ask yourself the question, why would I place my rate of fulfillment in life at a 6, 8, 10? Why would I do that? That question gets at another question that is something that people have asked over the years. Is there meaning in life? Is there something in this life that makes life worth living, worth living well, worth finding out something that is important? And if we listen to all the voices that are around us, we might find a whole lot of different answers to the question of does life have meaning? Is there something to this existence that you and I have that will lead us to an experience of fulfillment, an experience of abundance, an experience of joy? Uh, Some might assume, based on the voices that we hear, that we might get more than one chance at this life. I mean, after all, cats have nine lives, which is eight too many. That's a, another sermon for another day. Um, or if you play video games. I know my boys play video games and they get life after life after life. A video game never really ends. I mean, they just, you know, you fail and you get to start over. Let me just say this very clearly. The Bible only tells us that we get one shot at this. There's not a, a do-over in the game of life. We don't get extra chances. If we listen to the voices around us, we might assume that life consists in the abundance of possessions. I mean, just pay attention to advertisements, to the television, to your phones. I mean, goodness gracious, you can't even look at a social media app without it listening to your voice and what you've been talking about with somebody else. It brings you a commercial or an advertisement about what you've been talking about. I mean, the world will tell us that your life will get better, it'll get smoother, it'll get easier if you have that car... If you have this phone, if you have this toy, if you have this tool, we might assume, if we listen to the voices around us, that our life consists in the abundance of possessions. If we listen to the voices around us, we might assume that life consists in finding ourselves. We just need to discover the the great person that we are within. And if we figure out who that person is within, we're going to find meaning and hope in life. And philosophers... Uh, actors, artists over the years have pursued the inner life of discovering the greatness within. Paul Gauguin was one of those artists who sought that out. He's a fantastic artist in terms of just art, his ability to paint. 
He learned Impressionism from Picasso, one of the great masters. And then Gauguin kind of shifted away from Impressionism to post-Impressionism. He had a wife and he had children. And because he couldn't figure out who he was and what he wanted from life, he abandoned his family and went to Tahiti and went there to be an artist. And in Tahiti, he painted a particular painting entitled, Where Do We Come From? What are we and where are we going? In that picture are several different elements. There's an idol in that picture. There are some older ladies in the picture. There are some younger people in the picture. And he said, after he was completed with the painting, he said, it's not really complete because I just asked questions and I wasn't really sure what the answer was. And not long after he finished that painting, he attempted suicide. Folks, if you're looking for the answer to life within yourself, you're going to come up with an answer that is just not sufficient. We might assume that life consists, if we listen to the voices around us, in displaying ourselves in the best way possible. Doesn't life mean that we show ourselves off? I mean, just pay attention to social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. In Instagram, you can can change the picture settings to take wrinkles away, to make you look younger, to make you look nicer, to make you look better. And teenagers and adults can sometimes spend hours of their day just putting effects on pictures that they'll display to the world around them. Facebook is like that too, with images as well, but also with words. We depict who we are, where we've been, and we might assume that the good life is the life that gets to travel all over the world and then tell everybody else on Facebook where we have been traveling. Or if it's Twitter, we might assume that the good life is arguing back and forth and declaring an opinion in 280 characters or less. Is that really the good life? Is that really the abundant life? I'm going to tell you, if we listen to all the voices around us, I promise you, when we listen to those voices and try those paths, we're going to come up short. The Bible gives us a different answer. It gives us a different answer because it starts in a different place and it comes from a different person. Jesus gives the answer specifically in John chapter 10. He is talking to the religious leaders and the Jewish people there in John chapter 10. He begins this story talking with them about a shepherd and talking with them about sheep. And he gives us, provides for us, an answer to the meaning of life and the reality of life. What we're going to do, we're going to see what Jesus has to say about life and see if that speaks to us what we need to hear about the life that Jesus is offering to us. Read with me, if you will, beginning in John chapter 10. We'll read the first 10 verses right now. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said again to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, on the door of the sheep, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and find pasture. The thief 
comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Let's read one more verse. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus said in John 10.10, he said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come. I've come to give you life. John 14.6, Jesus says to his followers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus tells us in John 17, he, he prays, he says that eternal life is to know God and the one whom God sent, Jesus Christ. That word life is the Greek word zoe. It means life. It goes all the way back in terms of its connection to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 when the Bible says that God made Adam and Eve and He breathed the breath of life into Adam. The reason that you and I are here and not in a grave somewhere, the reason that you and I exist and have the ability to think, act, and behave in the world, the reason we have what we call life is because God breathed life into us. And Jesus says, says here in John chapter 10, that there are plenty of people out there who want to steal, kill, and destroy. There are enemies out there that want to take what you have, take the life away from you. But I have come, Jesus says, I have come to offer you life and life to the full. Not a virtual life. Not a life lived on a platform, a social media platform that doesn't really say who you are. Not a life lived in your own mind. Not a life lived in relation to the abundance of your possessions. Not a life lived where you get to do it over and over again like a video game. Not a life where you look inside to find meaning. Jesus doesn't say, look inside and find the abundant life. He says, I have come to give you abundant life. In John chapter 10, Jesus makes three specific invitations. Invitation number one, Jesus invites us to experience life to the full. Now now here he's not talking about life to the full in the sense of an abundance of possessions. He's talking about inviting us to a real experience, real life. I think every single one of us, have faced moments where we just looked around at our circumstances and we said, is this really all there is? Is this what success looks like? Some of you in the room, some of you watching at home, you've reached essentially the pinnacle of your life. When you set out as a teenager to have a career and a future and a financial plan and you look back at all of the things you've gone through, you've had the job, you've had the financial success, You've had the family, you've had the grandkids, you've had all that. And at times in that journey, tell me if I'm wrong, you've looked back and you've wondered, had it all? Is is this all there is? Because when I got that next promotion, it was good for a few weeks, but man, that job didn't really turn out to be what I thought it would be. When I had that amount in the bank account, I thought I'd be happy, but then I wanted more in the bank account. We're not talking about, and Jesus is not talking about abundance in the sense of possessions. He's saying, I've come to offer you real life. Real life as opposed to this makeup, false, fake life that we try to espouse to everybody else. Jesus came to offer us life to the full. Now, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So so here's the picture here. I want you to see this. Jesus is inviting you 
He's inviting me, he's inviting us to experience life to the full. The enemy, Satan, and in, in context what Jesus is doing, he's actually referencing back to Ezekiel th- chapter 34. We don't have time to go back and read that passage of Scripture, but he's talking to religious leaders. He's preaching to all of the people, but he's speaking kind of targeted to the religious leaders of his day, and he's connecting them to the false shepherds of Ezekiel 34. They were prophets, they were priests, and they were politicians. They were supposed to be the people in Ezekiel 34 with the people of Israel that were guiding the people into real life and experience with God. But what they were actually doing is they were lining their own pockets with wealth. They were doing their own thing. They were modeling idolatry and wickedness and depravity. And so what was happening is the people of Israel had turned away from God, had suffered under wickedness and idolatry, and they're going to experience judgment. And what Ezekiel says in chapter 34 is part of the reason that the people of Israel went astray is because the prophets and the priests and the politicians went astray. They moved this way and they modeled a behavior that was sinful. And Jesus, what He's doing here, He's connecting the thieves, the false uh, shepherds, the ones that, are the, that, that break in the wrong way. He's saying that those are the ones that still kill and destroy. And by extension, we could bring that forward to our enemy today, the devil himself, You know what the devil does? He tries to steal away our invitations to life. He tries to keep us from hearing what Jesus says about life. And do you know how he does that? For some families, what the devil does is he puts idols in our path. He puts things in front of us that keep us from hearing from God. And by the way, the invitation to life is bound up in the pages of Scripture. And it's bound up in the community of God's people. What do I mean by that? Well, we're not going to hear an invitation to life if all that we're listening to is something from a false perspective. That's why the connection to Ezekiel 34 is so important. Because if all the people that you're listening to don't have any clue about what the real life is that God offers, you're never going to hear an invitation to the real life. And what Satan tries to do is he tries to distract and he tries to distort and he tries to destroy and keep you and me from hearing the invitation that Jesus has making. For some families, what he does is he puts ball, and he puts sports, and he puts wrestling, and he puts dance, and he puts whatever in, in front of us, and he says, here, you do this. If you do that, you do this. And what that does is it distracts us from hearing what Jesus says. It distracts us from hearing the invitation that Jesus makes. And Satan is good at that. He's good at stealing away invitations because he makes us think that that thing That thing that we're doing is more important than that message that we might hear from Jesus. He doesn't just do that with putting idols in the way. There are other ways that that Satan steals away invitations. He steals away invitations through false devotion. Listen, some of the most difficult people in the world to reach are not the people who are looking for the truth, but the people who believe they've already found it. I'm talking about people who hold to false religions like Islam. Or or a false ideology. I've got a friend of mine that I pray for on a regular basis. I've met with him on a number of occasions and talked with him about the gospel. One of the reasons he's so hard to reach is because he has his own idea of what truth is. And it's not what the Bible says. He is falsely devoted to something that's going to lead him to a destiny separated from God. And that is a tactic of the enemy. 
Listen, if you're buying in anything other than Jesus said, what Jesus says, there's no other way. Jesus made it very clear on a number of occasions in John 10, all throughout the New Testament, but here specifically, He said, I am the door. I am the way. Let me tell you this. There is no way to the abundant life except through Jesus. You will not have an abundant life if you go to that abundant life or seek that abundant life through Buddha or through Muhammad or through your own ideology. You won't find the abundant life in politics. You won't find the abundant life in possessions. The only way to find the abundant life is in the invitation Jesus offers. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way that you can come to the Father except through me. Jesus invites us to experience life to the full. The only way to experience life to the full is through Jesus Christ. I'm just going to say very clearly, some of you today have not received the abundant life that Jesus has offered. You have not, you've been trusting in something else. You've been relying on something else. You've got an idol in the way or a false devotion. And I'm just telling you, you're here today or you're watching today and Jesus is specifically inviting you. This moment is your opportunity to hear the invitation from Jesus. And here's what He's saying to you. He's saying, I have abundant life. I have abundant life, but don't try to get there any other way. You've got to get there through me. And He's inviting you to that. A second invitation Jesus makes in the text is Jesus invites us to experience life to the full. And let me make a qualification, or let me make Jesus' qualification rather. He said, let us, Jesus invites us to experience life to the full. How? How do we do that? How do we go through Jesus? By knowing Him. By entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me say this at the outset. Christianity is not a religion, it is a relationship. If you're here at this worship service, or you're here at this church to find a better religion than what you had in the past, you're at the wrong place. Christianity at its heart and at its base is not a religion. A religion is a group of people that make up rules to try to get to God or make God happy. That is not Christianity. We didn't make this system up. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me, let me hear me out. Jesus says in verse 3 of chapter 10, The sheep hear His voice and He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. There's people that are God's sheep, the people that have abundant life. God knows them by name. I want you to hear this. If you have abundant life, if you have life in Jesus, He knows where you live. He knows your name and He knows what you're going through. He has entered, you have entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not only that, verse 11. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd does what? Lays down His life for the sheep. The way through Jesus is because of what Jesus did for us. We'll come back to that in a moment. Verse 14, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own. And get this, my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father... I now lay down my life for the sheep. Again in verse 16, they will listen to my voice. Here's the point. Jesus offers us life to the full. And how do we experience life to the full? By knowing Jesus. By entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm staggered by the importance of relationships. I was talking with a a dear church member this week. Just kind of checking on her. And she and I were talking about some health things that she's going through. Here's what she told me. She said, I haven't been able to get out and get back in the gathered worship experience because of some things I'm dealing with. And I understand that. I know many of you that are watching from home today, you can't be here in person. 
And so when I fussed at a lot of folks that were staying home in their jammies and not coming to church, I wasn't talking to most of you that, that have to be at home. I just want you to hear that out loud. She was telling me, she said, you know what I've started doing though? Started picking up the phone and calling all the friends that I have. And we talk on the phone almost all the time because I need to hear their voice and they need to hear mine. Relationships are tremendously important. We need one another. 